Hello, I'm Neil Moody, editorial hairstylist, YouTuber, Instagrammer, Facebooker, interviewer, etc, etc. And welcome to the second series of my In Bed with Neil Moody podcast. In series one, I interviewed friends and work colleagues from the fashion and beauty industry who are entrepreneurial and also think outside the box. In series two, I'm expanding outside of my industry a little more and I'm subtitling this series, Turning a Corner. While some of my guests are still people in my industry, there will be others featured who I've met through my more recent conversations about mental health after being a guest on Jamie Day's Man Talk podcast, Scott Laidler's Healthy Ambition podcast and Jamie Neal's 360 Yourself podcast. Everybody I'm interviewing this time around either chose, were encouraged or forced to turn a different corner in their lives. My guest in this episode is the courageous and unbelievably inspiring 19-year-old Ben West. Ben lost his 15-year-old brother Sam in January 2018 after Sam tragically took his own life on what was a normal Sunday evening at their home. Following this terribly sad incident, Ben decided to channel his grief into saving others the same pain he and his family have suffered through campaigning for mandatory training in mental health first aid for all educators of the UK's young people. With the help of friends, he organised a walk to raise awareness and funds for the foundation now set up in Sam's name. Plus he created a campaign and petition on change.org calling for this mandatory training. Aiming for 15,000 signatures, the campaign to date is now just shy of 300,000 signatures and has since been presented to the UK's Prime Minister surrounded by huge amounts of press. The work Ben and his friends have done has led to Ben being nominated and winning many awards this year for his phenomenal work. Ben talks to me about what happened, his charity work, the awards and how the campaign is about to spread much further afield. Hi Ben. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to right, my thank flat. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Fresh from uh, Sky News. Yeah. All right. How did that go? Good. Yeah. I, I told you when I came in. I'm not doing breakfast shows anymore. <laughs> Too I'm sticking, early. Sticking to evening shows. That was um. That was an early one. Yeah. Oh. What time did you have to get up? Oh, five thirty. Mm. Quite early, isn't it? It's a long way away, actually, as well. Where is Sky? I don't know. It's where West London, so it's about forty minute drive. From oh right. And then you're only on for like six, six minutes. minutes. Oh, no, I was saying you've rearranged your whole weekend yeah. for a six minute. Do you sometimes feel they're too short to get your message across? Huh. Yeah, I mean, obviously you could do with more time, but mm. I think that's part of the challenge, isn't it? You've got yeah. like, it's live TV, you've got to try and get your message across in a short time. Yeah, so so no, I think you can. we can cope, but it's... Mm. Obviously, I'd love. I'd love to sit there for the whole program. Right. Like mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> and you were on Gogglebox last night. Oh you? yeah. My favorite. <laughs> do you know it's my favorite program on TV? I, uh, love I was, I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm yeah. there. Do you know how I got into Gogglebox? And it sounds it does, without wanting it to sound depressing. Yeah. But my dad was really ill, and he was dying in hospice. Mm. My sister and I sat, and because we stayed in the hospice with him, and we sat watching Gogglebox oh, on right. a Friday night. Yeah. And. It was while we were watching it, my dad died. I know that sounds really depressing, but yeah. actually, me and my sister were sat there laughing our heads I off really after did. a whole week of being right. so miserable and depressed right. because my dad was dying. And yeah, and it was really funny that we were like, he actually died apparently within that hour of Gogglebox. Of Gogglebox. <laughs> yeah, because my dad liked, he liked to laugh. So oh, okay. we were like, well, well, we were laughing as he was going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, anyway. Um, 
Just, I just want to do a little bit of a background, Ben, so sure. people who don't know who you are do, because they need to know who you are. <laughs> just tell me a little bit. So, you, was it Cranbrook in Kenya? Yes, Cranbrook. Yes. Cranbrook. How was your childhood? How was it? It's good. It was yeah. lovely. No, very, very happy. Obviously, living in Kent is amazing as a young person. Garden of England. Growing up. Yeah. Mm. Just for so free. Mm. Um, and so, you hit about 15, and you want to go to people's houses, go to house parties, and then it's like a 40-minute drive with your parents yeah. there and back. Yeah. But other than that, like, it, it's beautiful. Is it place. countryside? Proper countryside. Right, right. Yeah, like all my mates from cities, they come there and they're like, where on earth are we? Because mm-hmm. it's just, especially at night, it's so quiet yeah. and it's so dark. But it's amazing as a young mm-hmm. person. It's fantastic. Was your house on its own or detached? Yeah, detached so or? our house is reasonably on its own and then we've got the, the kind of cluster of neighbours. Mm-hmm. So we're in a little bit of a... A village outside of a village. Yeah. But it's amazing. Mm. You get very close to people around you as well, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. Very neighbourly. Got a close community. A very close community, yeah. yes. And besides Sam, you've got another brother. Yes, Tom. Yeah. 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 Older? Younger. Oh, younger. He, so he's the youngest out of the three of us. Right. So he is 15 now. Started right. 16 now. Yeah. Like 15 now. Turning 16. Mm. Yes. Right. Well, let's get to it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually so happy that you're here. Cause we've been oh, to, I'm happy to we've be We've been here. planning this for we quite a while, have, haven't yeah. we? And <laughs> you're so busy these days with everything that you're doing. And obviously trying to fit it in around both our schedules. That mm. We have been talking about it for a long time. So I'm really glad that you're here. Obviously, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is to put out the message that you've been working on yeah. for so long since you know your brother Sam ended his life just to give anybody that's listening a bit of a, a small recap Sam ended his life in January 2018 right you were forced to carry out CPR resuscitation for almost half an hour before the emergency services arrived and I just want to make a point here by the way which uh, is a separate thing but I've written this down because I want to get this message across there's been calls in the UK to change the language used around the topic of suicide particularly the use of the phrase commit suicide and this phrase was seen by some as wrongly suggesting suicide is a criminal act thereby enforcing a notion of legal wrongdoing the same way as like committing murder or committing rape and suicide has not been illegal in England since the Suicide Act of 1961 and has never been illegal in Scotland since September 2018 which was World Suicide Prevention Day more than 130 celebrities and campaigners called for an end to the phrase commit suicide instead instead preferring the term die by suicide mm-hmm. and this letter was backed by the Samaritans mental health charity mind members of parliament from all political parties the current London mayor Sadiq Khan and many celebrities basically the mainstream UK media now attempt to try not to use this because it's inappropriate language and I want to get that point across because I think it's really important that people Absolutely. don't say that anymore right. because it isn't a crime the other point that I want to make approximately 75% of suicides in the UK are male Mm. Right, you losing Sam was a huge thing for you and your family. Tell us about Sam as a person. Yeah, this is the question I get asked so much. I know. And honestly, I've seen was, lots of your interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was so popular, so funny, sporty, outgoing, and if you imagine a stereotypical depressed person, he was exactly the opposite. Mm. And I think that just speaks volumes for for this whole stigma. But he was exactly the opposite. Of what you'd expect. Mm. Funny, he'd come down, he'd have a laugh. Everyone at school loved him. He was a bit of a class clown. And so, yeah, yeah, mm. it was good. It's funny, isn't it? Because we were just talking about that just before we started recording yeah. how those people can still be hiding a lot. Yes. 
of what's going on inside. Mm. You know, and I know for myself with the depression and anxiety that I've had over the years is that, you know, people always say to me, oh, you're, you're a laugh, you're really good fun. But, you know, when you get home and you're actually on your own with yourself, yeah. you cannot feel like that. Yeah. But were there any signs with Sam that something it, was wrong? I mean, yes, absolutely. But it came at, he was 15 years old. I mean, yeah, no, he's going through puberty. So mm-hmm. if he if he's being grumpy, or if he's going to his room and not seeing anyone, or if he's you know doing something a lot, do you put that down to teenager? You'd never, you'd never in a million years go, oh, that's something sinister. Yeah, you wouldn't because he's mm-hmm. fifteen and and he's a brother as well. So you'd kind of expect that anyway. Yeah. Um. But obviously, seeing what's happened, you can look back and go, oh, that that was a sign. That was a sign. Mm-hmm. And you kind of got to stop yourself from looking too deep into it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't have done anything to see that and, yeah. and no, no one would naturally go oh he's gone up to his room no should we be worried yeah that's the one that's yeah. not something that doesn't occur to you but yeah there were signs and obviously he was being treated for depression so like he was exhibiting signs severe enough to right to have put him into to therapy so oh okay there were so was that some, your parents realized my he confided in my mum. Mm. My mum kind of dealt with it with the GP, referred to, mm. to somewhere, and that all kind of took place. Very much backstage because he didn't want anyone to know. Did you know? I was told about the diagnosis. I knew he went to therapy. That's mm. all I knew. And right. for someone that didn't know what depression was, and for someone that, that laughed at people that had, that had like said that they um, took a day off for a panic attack, Yeah. what was I... <laughs> what was the reaction I was going to give, right? Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. Mm. Because usually, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I'll chuck on a happy song and yeah. that'll get me through it. But actually, mm. it's thinking past that and going, well, depression's not just having a bad day, mm. really. Mm. It's something quite quite a lot larger than that. It's a lot deeper, isn't it? It's a huge amount deeper. Yeah. And that's what I think people don't understand. Because until you actually witness something like that for yourself, mm. how, are you, how are you meant to know? Because it's a word that gets bantered around mm. a lot as well, isn't it? People, I'm depressed, oh, I'm stressed, I'm this, on that. And actually, I don't think a lot of people, especially younger people, and I don't want to yeah. sort of generalise here, but I think it gets bantered around a lot, but in a way where it's used probably in the wrong places. Yes. You know what I mean? It's become very colloquial. Yeah. But as a word, I mean, obviously, depressed does mean, you know, sad to an extent. That yeah. Is the, that is the rough definition of depressed. But it's obviously we've got to take into account what that word means that's mm. in a clinical sense. Yeah. And kind of have a little bit of respect, mm. if you know what I mean, for the people that are suffering yeah. from that and people that have died from, from having that illness. Yeah. And obviously with what happened with Sam, you know, that's such a horrific thing for you and your family and everything. You know, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine what you guys went through. Although I have lost friends to suicide. Um, but I think, you know, not saying that it's any better or any worse, but I think for when it's a family member, it's it's just a different entity altogether, isn't it? How did you deal with it afterwards, like in terms of grief and everything else? Because... Um, I remember you and I have spoken before. I remember you saying to me, you sort of, you went to see somebody a bit like, oh, this isn't working mm. for me. So. Yeah, it was, it was a weird time. Really weird time. Because mm. you, like, you, you tell these stories to people. And I remember before this happened, you know, you watch a Facebook video where someone told their, their story. And you imagine what you'd, what you'd be like in that situation and how you'd feel and how awful it would be. And, I, and once I was in the situation, it was like, this is weird. Mm. It's not how I imagined. Going from states of total numbness to joking about what happened, to laugh and just being normal and then feeling horrendous. And it was just mm. weird. Like a roller coaster. So, yeah, almost. but mm. 
but the the numbness and the the sort of joking about what had happened was not something I expected to happen. Mm. Um, but I feel like I mean, as you said, I went to get help, talk to someone, and for whatever reason that that wasn't something that I found comfortable mm. or helpful. And the way I coped really was I was lucky in that I do a lot of things already without knowing that apparently are actually types of therapy or something. Right. So I talk to myself a lot. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my world. I know. <laughs> a lot. And in the mirror as well. Mm. So I will probably have a conversation with the person in the mirror constructively about problems. So, so good. And mm. I was already doing that. You know, I was really open with my friends already. They saw what was happening yeah. and obviously you know you react as friends you go wow we need to be there for this guy so they mm. all came around me anyway offered support yeah and i just went Whoa, kind of fell back did a sort of mm. stage dive onto them and that they so they were amazing and i think everything just kind of came together to allow me to cope mm. just perfectly which has obviously allowed me to go and do what i've done yeah. in such a short time time frame but mm. no i did manage to just cope with what came naturally to me and what I was doing already. So yeah. I was really lucky. How were your friends about it as well and his friends? Because mu- I mean, it must have been huge oh. for them too, right? Mm. And you must be all actually supporting each other in yeah. a way. But obviously, because it's your brother, they felt that they must have felt like they needed to help prop you up. I was talking to one of my friends on camera actually about what went on that day. And he said it felt like a bomb had gone off at school mm. and it was just confusion and people crying. And it did really hit the school and the local community so hard. So I think no matter, even if you didn't know Sam personally, it was a really mm. tragic thing to happen in your life. Mm. And so my friends were knew Sam through me. They were upset, but they... It must have been really, must have been really weird. I laugh at this actually because mm. less than 24 hours after this all happened, I got in my car and went back to school, turned up at school, and just pretended like nothing had happened. Right. Which, for, for people at school, must have been the right. weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah. How would you react? <laughs> um, yeah. I can't even imagine. Could you imagine that someone just turning up after something like that yeah. happened, and then just pretending, and starting to laugh and joke, as yeah. if nothing happened? Um, and they were what like, do you think was going on in your head then, though? Do you think you're a bit like, I just don't, need I to... I needed something normal. normal. Like, yeah. Had police rounds, had all this stuff happening. Mm. I just had the most... The worst night of my life. Yeah. And I was just like, I need to do something normal, mm. something that I enjoy. And we had people coming round, hugging us, giving us flowers, crying. And I was like, right, I need normal back. Yeah. Um, and it was actually, it got halfway through, because I went to school to do a club. And I got halfway through that and I was like, oh, this is actually quite difficult now. And I just totally pretended yeah. like it was a normal Monday evening mm. um, with these people who must have just been like, yeah, they must have been in shock what, when you walked in. Right? What on earth is this man doing? <laughs> yeah. have, have we got the right story? Is this a hoax? <laughs> um, and it must yeah. be so weird. But yeah, it was little things like that, mm. that that helped me a lot. Yeah. I get that though. Somebody that I used to date died from suicide. They found out that they were HIV. They'd had unsafe oh, sex no. once. Really? Found out they were HIV. But it was like in the 90s and there was still oh, not right. the, the medication stigma. that there is now. And the stigma attached to it was mm. so awful for them. And I remember a friend of his phoned me to tell me and you're in such a state of shock, aren't you? And then you suddenly... But you realise the whole world's just carrying on around you. Yeah. Which is a bit like death anyway, I think. You're yeah, kind of oh, like, absolutely. You're in this weird bubble, but... Everyone else Everyone's just carrying on. Carrying you're a bit, you want to stop people and go, hey, do you know what's just happened to me? But then you suddenly go, mm, 
Okay, it's the same thing, isn't it? You kind of go, I need to normalise it. Mm. It needs to be normalised. It helps put it in perspective as well. Yeah. Like a great one for me is those videos that do the earth and then they zoom out and they see a bit and I'm like, yep, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't really matter. Nothing yeah. matters. Yeah. Brilliant. Let's just enjoy it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is really good. But yeah. yeah, it is about perspective. When everyone else is getting on with their day, you're like, oh. Mm. And then it's weird, isn't it? Because you go, okay, I'm going to normalise myself. But then like you just said, you got halfway through the day and then went, oh shit, hang on a minute. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, and it's like that. It's such a mixture of yeah. different things. That mm. are basically, like a long line of people that come up and at random times will just punch you in the gut or punch you in the face. And it's yeah. like that for weeks. Yeah. So yeah. Tell me about, or tell everyone that's listening about the homeless person that you spoke to. Oh, that was really nice. Yeah. So, so when, this, was, when was that? This was a year ago. So it was around November, December time last year. So was this after the walk? This was, yeah. Oh, okay. This was just... Because I was started uni after the walk, and this was in the winter after I started uni. So right. it was... I was walking through Liverpool, and I was... I just had, you know, you just had one... A, just a bad moment. And I started crying, and it was a homeless man that got up off the side of the road and came over to me and asked if I was okay. And then he hugged me, and we just sat down at the side of the road just talking about everything. Mm. Oh, which is such a lovely story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for someone like that to help someone. Yeah. Um, and it did really, really help me in that moment. Obviously, you do just get those, like I say, punched in the gut. And suddenly everything yeah. resurfaces. And that guy was just amazing. Mm. And so selfless to just... Have you seen him since? No. No. But I don't think I'd even recognise him. Because I was in such a... Yeah. I was a little bit distraught. But... Mm. It, well, it's such a nice story. Isn't yeah. It? Okay, well, let's go to the walk. Because for the record, Ben is noshing on a croissant. Oh, <laughs> one of the best croissants I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so on your website, Ben, benwest.org.uk, you say that you, um, and I'm quoting you from this, it says, uh, you were faced with a choice in the weeks and months following Sam's death. And you said, I could continue on the path I was on, feeling like a victim, or I could concentrate my pain on campaigning to ensure that this doesn't happen to another family, to ensure that another boy doesn't have to speak at the funeral of his younger brother. Mm. And I think it's clear which option I chose. Mm. So would you say that that was the catalyst to start the sort of Walk to Talk campaign, really, when you reach that point absolutely yeah you know I came out of uh, I think it was Wagamama's my friends had just taken me to Wagamama's for my first meal and I just went we've got to do something mm. and, and we all did DV together so we what's Duke, that? Duke of Edinburgh oh, right, so right. the expedition so you start walking we were like you know you're walking with these people and you start talking about things that you wouldn't normally talk about and mm. you thought how great if we got loads of people involved did a mm. walk raise money raise awareness and just kind of did the thing. So how did you get those people involved then? You began to organise Walk to Work and also became the leader of Save Our Students. Mm, right? Yes. And then also the petition mm-hmm. that you started, yep. which was on change.org. Yep. Is that right? I want to just talk about that so everybody that's listening yeah. knows exactly what that is and what you've what you've been doing. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Start at um, the very beginning. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously the walk was only ever meant to be a one-off. We right. finished the walk. Um, we had this audience, we just had a letter from the Prime Minister, we'd mm. met the Cabinet, we had all this media attention and we were like, it would be wrong of us to stop. It would be wrong of us to stop. How did you get the media attention? Just came. Right. So I think the reason for our success overall is I'm just, I will talk to anyone that will mm. listen, right? Mm. And I will reach out to media companies and if they don't reply, I'll reach out again. Right. And I'll be annoying in their inbox, okay? <laughs> and and I think that's that's what I tell people. A lot, I get a lot of messages from people being like, Ben, you say you've done such a successful thing here. How do I make my mental health campaign this successful? Mm. And I'm like, reach out to everyone. 
start local with local news you know talk to your local MP that's what we did and this just slowly builds up and mm. now I'm talking on Sky News ITV News blah blah blah, blah. Mm. and it all just stems from the Kent Messenger and yeah. the local papers but being persistent right? absolutely so yeah. we kind of grew that media base um, mm. and we were at a point where we were getting radio interviews we got the BBC involved at the end of the walk and we were like well we've got an audience now we've got to do something more and talking to Sam's teachers and my teachers there was this massive thing of we see a lot of people struggling as teachers they see a lot of people struggling and they don't have the confidence or knowledge to actually approach them and and tell them what they can do and which for someone that's spending you spend I mean most of your childhood is spent with teachers yeah really. yeah more so than your parents arguably mm. and so seeing as you've got such a massive problem in young people the fact that they're not given any training mm. any training whatsoever or even just like a article yeah about this to read anything about mm. mental health and how you can help a student they're worried about it just seems wrong mm. so that started the petition on change.org to make mental health first aid a compulsory part of teacher training right which i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> we only started because we thought it's a petition mm. it will get three thousand signatures and we won't have to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it was like a, it was a intermediate while we were thinking of what we do next. Yeah. So you can imagine the shock <laughs> when I wake up and my phone is going and our whole group chat's being like, Ben, you need to go and look at the petition site. And I go on and it's going up by thousands every second. Wow. Every time you press refresh, it would go up by 4,000 signatures. Yeah. And we got 60,000 people sign it in a day. Wow. And then that climbed to 100,000. Mm. And then that climbed to 200,000. And now we're almost on 300,000. Mm. That meant two things. That meant we got a lot of success. And we meant we were allowed, we allowed us to actually now talk to the government and mm. actually take this further to a point where it's now a possibility. But it also meant we had to do a lot of work out yeah. of it from something that we, we thought was just going to be a, yeah, kind of. Oh, we've done this, but it's not yeah. going to go anywhere. <laughs> Which came at a surprise, but it was so nice to see mm. so many people in support of this, and and especially teachers as well. Mm. A lot of teachers commenting on the petition, messaging me, emailing me, going, "This needs to happen." Mm. And you know, when like I did the Sky News thing this morning, mm. I've got over fifty messages now from teachers going, "I've just seen this. This is so good. This where yeah. can I get this training?" Blah blah blah. And Amazing. that just shows how much of a demand there is from teachers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest criticisms we get on the petition is from people that either are teachers or know a teacher going, how can you expect teachers to take this on board? They're already overpressured and, and all that. I think just to, in case anyone's going to say that again, you know, two things. One, mental health first aid courses are not just about students. Mm. Teaching a teacher how to look after a student's mental health and what they can do to, to avoid students becoming overstressed massively improves a teacher's mental health mm. and that is that is evident that's that's had research conducted around yeah. it right that's beneficial for teacher mental health and also there's no form that you sign after your course going if i spot this i will approach the student and i will <laughs> i'll say go to cams blah, blah, blah. Mm. that's not something that happens but yeah. it's no it is incredible to see that much support it's mad isn't <laughs> it that people want to slightly backlash against it as well in a way because you're a bit like what you're doing is so positive mm. yeah teachers are under pressure everyone's under pressure yeah. you know what I mean Absolutely. but you know what I've always said as well especially having known what you've been doing since I've met you what was it a year and a half ago yeah. maybe I think I realised and I've talked to my friends about what you've been doing and I was like no one ever taught us CPR at school 
No, but mm. we were never taught any. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And and it because no, teachers obviously don't know it. They can't pass it on to yeah, anybody exactly. else. And all those things, as much as it'd be good if they knew and know how to deal with mental health, it'll be good if you know even just as human beings, we're all taught to yeah. you know how to resuscitate somebody yeah. if they're in a position where it's needed or what you know for whatever reason yeah. but just generally i think because the whole mental health thing has become has exploded so massively now why shouldn't they learn it absolutely well my question to you well how how many times in your life since leaving school have you used the quadratic formula <laughs> right which is part of the gcse the what <laughs> the quadratic formula yeah, right yeah. but how many times would you find a lesson in mm. mental health first aid in first aid in finance in yeah. stuff like that these are the sort of things we teach yeah. at gcse level at least yeah you know not some useless quadratic formula they're only going to use if you well actually i don't i, I do engineering i haven't used the quadratic formula mm. right like it's pointless so i yeah. think that needs there needs to be a shift in education at for young people especially, mm. I get when you get older, you need to start looking at more academic subjects. That's yeah, fine if you'd yeah. like to do that. But at a basic level, we need to be covering topics like this because the only way you beat the stigma is by educating young people about yeah. it. Yeah. Why should we? If we don't tell them about this, mm. why should we expect anything to be different or mm. anything to change? Then they're only learning from social media and what they hear. Yeah, which, as we know, is mixed. Yeah, you could get completely the wrong message. Exactly, as well, absolutely, though. or mm. even a lie. Yeah, that is that is what we're working on, and it has mm. turned out to be both. Well, I mean, totally life changing, but yeah. also a huge amount of work. <laughs> cool. I did not see this coming at all. Careful what you wish for, eh? No, yeah, but in a good way, I suppose. I know. And obviously, it took me to number ten, so I can't complain. Yeah. Was what was it like in number ten, by the way? You know what? It's like a maze. Really? It's huge, mm. absolutely huge, and you walk into one bit. And they've got the, the note from Lost 33, the miners, right. actual notes, and they've got a piece of moon rock. And then, just to, just on the wall, David Cameron didn't like a piece of contemporary art that he was given. So in the middle of number 10, there's this bright pink neon sign. Mm. I think it says something like inspiration. And it's just like, this is the weirdest yeah. thing. I'm in this really historic place, and there is a bright pink neon <laughs> sign. It's like, is this a strip club? Is this, yeah. a, is this number 10? <laughs> Bit of both yeah. actually, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, it was it was absolutely insane. And then to yeah. talk to it like uh, an advisor in education and talk to prime minister directly, oh. and then for him to receive it directly, um, it was all a very surreal. Because that experience. is funny because that came about only recently. It was about five weeks ago, that was, wasn't it? That, that was an app. So because you did the walk, yes, you got a letter from Theresa May then, didn't mm. you? Because she was the prime minister yes. then. And then you started the Save Our Students and then set up the Pink Army. Hey. Right? Tell us about the Pink Army. Pink Army. Pink. Well, that came about from this walk, which we put our colour as pink. Right. Because we, we were a group of lads that were leading it. We got we had one girl on our team. We were like, let's just completely, <laughs> you know, go for it. Yeah. And we wanted to make a bit of a scene. We, to, we love a good stir mm. that's been shown in recent weeks. <laughs> um <laughs> we love a good start. And so we thought, well, let's just go pink camo, let's go bright, let's go colourful, yeah. eye-catching, which steps away from that, that stigma that is mental health, which is black and yeah. dark. Yeah. And we thought, no, let's go bright pink, let's yeah. scorch people's eyes. That kind of evolved and people just loved the pink, mm. absolutely loved it. There was this demand for more pink. More pink. Yeah, yeah. people became almost addicted to this <laughs> colour. It was, it was weird. So we thought, well... There's a real trend now when you look at our photos, it's pink everywhere. And we're like, mm. well, it's an army. Yeah. And the pink, so we decided that we were going to call the collective for supporters and for people that are 
you know, involved in our campaigns, the Pink Army. Mm. And that is us. Yeah. Going forward, changing the world. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's With nice. a bit of pink. With a bit of pink. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> as you do. As you pink do. sign in number 10. Well, you know, <laughs> as a gay man, a pink has been quite, <laughs> the pink pound and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's funny because when I did see it, I thought, oh God, I wonder if somebody's caught, that got that the wrong way around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the pink army is a whole army of gay men <laughs> doing a walk so, yeah. across England. Yeah. But anyway, um, no, that's great though. It's a good message, I think. You know mm, what I mean? Absolutely. Like you say, because the whole, especially like suicide and death always seems to sort of, um, dark colours seem yeah. to end up in that world oh, and, absolutely. It's a bit like and we were like we've got head. such a sad story which is great and mm. I think you need to use that not, yeah. not great at all by the way it's great that we can use that in that way yeah. to invoke people's emotions but at the same time I'm not about making people upset let's mm. get out there have a bit of fun have a laugh and do some, mm. some good with it and if yeah. you can dress up in pink pink onesies or whatever then Let's do it. Make a scene. Make yeah. a stir. I'll wear a pink onesie, Ben, if you need. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, so then you ended up, like I said, about five weeks ago, you, because uh, you met Boris Johnson at the, where was it you first the met Sun, him? The Who Cares Wins Awards. Who Cares Wins Awards, yeah. Which, you were nominated, weren't you? I was, yes. Yeah, by, for the Mental Health For the Mental Hero. Health Hero Awards. Yeah. Um, I've done my research. Look at that. He <laughs> <laughs> and won it. Mm. Which I wasn't expecting, and that's yeah. quite a funny story. So, which, by the way, is you've won one of now many. Oh, but anyway, we'll get to those in a minute. Yeah, for God knows why. Yeah. This award, I did was not expecting this to happen, mm. and this event, it's the Sun. They have quite a bit of money they put aside for this, and there's champagne going around and a lot of alcohol. So I was, I was with my uni mates. to the wind. Exactly, I was yeah. with my uni mate. I wasn't expecting to win. Yeah. 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 <laughs> expecting to win because yeah. why would you it was this event with amazing people it's like let's just enjoy it yeah far too much Prosecco and then my my flatmate that I bought as my guest looked on the um, seat reservations for the tables oh, yeah. and he says Ben Boris Johnson's on our table and I was like what what's going on <laughs> right let's have a look and then we went to the table and he came around and he was like Ben we're sitting next to the Prime Minister <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, my God. And then, that shit. This, this Sun journalist comes up to me and is like, Ben, I don't know whether you're aware, but the Prime Minister's come in this evening and he'd like to speak to you after the event. Oh, Which wow. point I was like, oh, put that, let's put that down. Yeah. If I can get some bread and water, that'd be lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, the event ended yeah. and he did his whole speech where he called Brit- Britain an omelette and, you know, the usual Boris Johnson. Britain an omelette? Yeah, he said what? something about Britain is an omelette and the NHS is the egg whites that hold it together. Something ridiculous. Okay. Sat down and then I went to this room and what I didn't realise was it wasn't just a chat, it was it was recorded. Right. So I was sitting on, on camera with him and I just remember thinking to myself, I'm about to talk to the Prime Minister on camera. Mm. This is, I'm not letting this opportunity slide or get away from me. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm. So I laid into him and I cornered him to saying he support the petition and then the two days later was World Mental Health Day World Mental Health Awareness Day and I got an email the following day um, following day from the Sun Awards so the day before World Mental Health Day and it said the Prime Minister would like to invite you to number 10 to personally receive the petition outside the door and suddenly I had so I just got back to Liverpool when I got mm. that email suddenly I had to book another train that evening to go to London I had to get three hundred. Well, two that at that point, two hundred and ten thousand signatures printed off mm. and delivered to London. Wow. I had to get five people as my guests to get there. 
had to get all their transport. I had to do weeks worth of planning in mm. three hours, and <laughs> it was hectic. And actually, funnily enough, I, I was sitting on the train just about to leave, having just done the most stressful writing. Mm. I had to write this letter to the Prime Minister, which is a situation I never imagined myself in. <laughs> and suddenly, yeah, Prime I get a Snapchat from my mate back back in Liverpool being like, Ben, we've just been broken into. Oh, no <laughs> I was way. like, no. But the thing is, nothing could have got me down at that yeah. point. So it was just he just sent me a picture of the, our glass door with a massive hole in the middle. <laughs> I no, I lost nothing. I, I think I checked my my car was still there, and I was like, yeah. "Fine, I'm off. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, anyway, with police." Deal with yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was totally yeah. surreal for mm. three days because we literally went from zero mm. to one hundred, yeah. and then suddenly after that, it's just press interest. Everything just started happening. Uh, Instagram mm. exploded, and yeah. it just went what? And because I guess every time you do an appearance somewhere, and it gets publicised, <laughs> not an appearance. <laughs> but you know, when you when you do, I guess it generates more interest, doesn't it? And then you know, more people start following you, and so it, it just kind of and everything just keeps escalating, doesn't oh, it? Really, which because I remember I remember seeing on your Instagram when you said after you posted that you'd met Boris Johnson at the Who Cares Wins. I was going to say Who Dares Wins. That's what it's from, That's, isn't it? Yeah, who yeah. Cares Wins. <laughs> that you got more followers as well that, yeah. like, after that. So is it, oh, Instagram's a funny thing. It is. When you oh, do something. Tell me about it. I'm a Sky News this morning. Yeah. You can tell what time I went on because suddenly there's this like list of little like, blue follow mm. buttons on the side, yeah. which is lovely to see. And it's so, so good. But... Yeah, it's surreal. Yeah. Totally surreal. Because it's come out of nowhere for me. So what do you think's come out of handing in this petition now to number 10? Yeah. You've sat with him, told yes. him what yeah. you're trying to do. I mean, it's great that he's interested in it anyway, isn't it? And mm. then he wants to try and help. Where's it going now? What's Where do you think it's at? Since you've met? Where is it at since meeting him? I think, in the nicest way possible, I think that was a publicity stunt on their behalf. And it was kind of handing off us. In the nicest way possible. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll yeah. take it. We'll take the publicity. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Mm. But it, what, there was no real... I mean, talking to the education advisor was so useful for knowing where we're going. Mm. Uh, but she was very much saying, you know, we're doing this. We're looking into this. We've got this going. We're looking at mm. this. We're doing this. And I was like, mm. there's no sort of mention of we're going to adopt what you're saying. Yeah. It's very much, yeah. we're already thinking of this. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Which, look, I'm not taking anything away from that meeting. It was fantastic. Mm. Very positive. And it did give us new places to focus on, which was about, well, you've given us what you're doing. Well, we've got 300,000 people that are going to make sure you do that now. Yeah. And that is something she told us. She was like, I've just told you all this stuff. Mm. You know, and maybe we haven't been able to pledge that we can do what you want us to do. But I've given you that list and make sure that we do yeah. that whatever yeah. government gets in next does that which is useful obviously now with the election it's about getting this onto manifestos how did that make you feel actually when you heard about the election because obviously yeah. if if he doesn't get in and there's we've somebody got else we've got to do all our work you've got to do it all over again do you um, feel, does it feel a bit like that well I think in the ideal world we wouldn't have had it we would have had a foot in the door but saying that they'd already handed us off right. they'd already kind of ticked that box yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Without being too political, because I try and keep away from all that, Labour and Lib Dem have clearly made mental health a massive part of their manifesto. Mm. You know, Labour's 845 million for young, young, mm. healthy minds. And there just doesn't seem to be the same sort of focus from mm. the Conservatives, from what I've seen so far. No. 
Terrible. But again, without getting too political, do you worry? Because I mean, so many numbers are bantered oh, around, aren't they? I know. Do you know what I mean? Is, and yeah. I, I mean, I must admit, I don't know about you, but I get a little bit like it's all right bantering these numbers around, but would it actually happen now? Yeah. Because it, it's become so, really, no, I absolutely agree. It's become really apparent. We don't know what we can really trust and believe. Mm. It's easy to throw numbers around, absolutely. isn't it? Um, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult though. Who, if I'd like the election or not, if a party can get in that really takes mental health seriously that's fine if conservatives yeah. will take this seriously that's fine but do you feel if somebody else gets in you, you're going to have to try and get back your foot in the no, door again which is why 10. I'm now already reaching out to them I'm in contact with Labour and I'm going to try and talk to someone high up in mm. Labour and get that on camera make sure we're getting that foot in the door with them mm. and same with Lib Dem same with Tories just in case they get in or stay mm. in as well and it's just it has put a little bit more work in because we mm. have to just kind of close, open all the doors yeah. if you like but we'll take it the more mm. awareness we can give us because they're all politicians at the end of the day yeah you know the more people we talk to that are in that place yeah. of power the more people are going to sit there and and listen to what we're saying and actually mm. go, maybe i could support that and bring yeah. it up themselves and put pressure on the government to actually to keep it going but yeah it's nice and obviously labor labor's approach from what i've read so far is about you know putting campuses in schools making sure teachers get some sort of training blurred lines as mm. to what happens mm. there it's given us a little bit of work again yeah. a situation I never saw myself in sitting in the guild writing letters to Jeremy Corbyn and, <laughs> and Joe Swinson <laughs> what is going on in my life cool yeah, you thought you were going to be studying engineering right yeah so let's you've also been nominated for loads of other awards haven't you and won some by the way so let me check I've got all these right because I might not have enough on the list the Diana Award yes which is incredible but, uh, that was mind blowing that's yeah that was lovely what was what what was the premise behind that, that you won it, in terms of... Do you know what? I'm going to really be honest with okay. you. I don't know that much about the Diana Award. Mm. I just know if you get it, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. You um, know what I mean? So, yeah. That, I mean, Diana Award is a charity that's set up in the memory of Diana. Princess Diana, Princess yeah. Diana. Going along the lines of that she believed that young people have the power to change the world. So, it's all right. about young people. Uh, and I think they have three branches. They have mentoring mm. as part of this charity. Mentoring, which is sort of... You know, giving young people that won't necessarily have the opportunities in life that extra bit of guidance, mm. which I think is fantastic, and that's taking off at the moment. We've got anti-bullying, anti-bullying ambassadors in schools and training students in anti-bullying. So the Diana Award has like two two awards as part mm. of that. You've got the the one they give nationally to people that well actually internationally to people that have that have made good social change and humanitarian work, mm-hmm. and that's through a nomination process. Right, and then. People that win a Diana Award are then put in to a judging panel to win the Legacy Award, which is 20 people from around the world every two years that win it, which is quite mega. So yeah, that's the Diana Awards. Fantastic charity. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. They are so which one have you won already? Both. <laughs> oh, I hate saying that, but yeah. Why? I've, I've Why won. did you hate saying Because that? the thing is, like, I'm sitting here, I'm me, mm. right? I could not have done any of this mm. on my own. I could not have even got out of bed on my own. Mm. That's that sounds so bad, doesn't it? That sounds like I've got someone undoing the government. <laughs> no, I mean like from the start when I was yeah. in that really bad place, I mm. couldn't I wouldn't have been able to get out of bed with, without people mm. supporting. And from then it's been, you know, the only reason the just giving was successful is because people donate. It's the only reason the walk was successful is because people come on. It's the only reason the petition's mm. successful is because people sign it. Mm. And just, I'm only you know, that little person at the top going, oh, yeah. but I did feel bad when I'm awarded. And it's almost like, okay, here's this award. 
here go everyone mm. with that massive army behind me I'll be like well done because yeah. that's really it's us Yeah. Um, and I try and say that as much as possible use the word we in things because it really is a we because I did read as well that you said that you feel like you have an imposter syndrome yes yeah mm. absolutely yeah why am I on this stage why am I in front of these people why mm. am I on Sky News like if they could fit 300,000 people in their studio let's bring them in because yeah. that's the, those are the real heroes of this story yeah, but you know what? Somebody has to start it. Yeah. That's the thing. With the, with I think with anything like this, somebody has to be the person that goes, this is what's going to happen, yeah. or this is what I'm going to do. And so, you know, it, I guess for want of a better word, you're the leader of it all. Wee. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you I guess... Listen, I get it. I'm I'm the same kind of person. Mm. I hate praise. I hate people going, you're amazing, you're this, you're mm. that. I'm very... Like, I shy away from that kind of stuff. But I think at the same time, it's good to acknowledge what you've done. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But I look at it as a means to an end. You know, the award is fantastic. And it's obviously a very proud moment, but the amount of coverage you get. Mm. So I'm always looking that step ahead and being like, okay, yeah. I'll get this award. Mm. But then, you know, what but interviews do you get? think? What, what then then that's what those awards are actually for, in a way, yeah. is to help gain... Absolutely. The press yeah. and the coverage that these also, things yeah. deserve. Also, it's about credibility as well. Yeah. You get the award, it's great for press, great for that, but also gives you so much credibility. So when I'm approaching companies about, mm. without giving too much away, about proposals for campaigns in the future, mm-hmm. I can go, this is what we've got, a sort of a badge, yeah. go, blah, 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 mm. look at that. Mm. And that's great professionally mm. to get this stuff done. In the same way, the Instagram, having a large Instagram following, the, the alluded blue tick, mm which I've got my eyes on. You've still not got it yet? No. Ooh. Oh, no. You know that. I've got one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I I'm don't like, know how. <laughs> <laughs> Photoshop it off your face. Um, but, so we'll see. But those sorts of things, so these two mm. areas that you focus on is having the awards for the professional side yeah. and then also the Instagram, Facebook, all that for mm. the for the pro, for the um, like public sides because people, it's kind of that un, unsaid thing where yeah, if it's not very high, you don't. There's little trust, and it's like, well, people are sheep, aren't they? If someone else has done something, they'll be like, Ooh. oh yeah, totally. So if you've got, well, I mean, I've got twenty one thousand, which is mind blowing. If someone goes there, they're like, oh, this person's doing a campaign. Oh, lots of people are doing this campaign. Maybe I can go into mm. it. Mm. Really helps. So, the media, we love them. The awards, we love them for the media. It's all good. Yeah. Well, we we sometimes love the media. We love most of the time. We love most the of the time. Sometimes it can be annoying. Sometimes yeah. we've only had like a couple of. Problems. Yeah. Well, the uh, let's talk about the other quick the other awards quickly. Okay. The Pride of Britain. <laughs> that was insane. You won fundraiser of the year. Yeah, regional fundraiser. Regional for ITV Meridian. Yeah. Right. Which then put you through to as a national finalist. Right. Which meant I went to the. Oh, Grosvenor House. Grosvenor House. Yeah. Yep. Oh, what an evening! Yeah. Quite if you told me place, three though, years ago that I was going to be standing on a red carpet with the likes of Harry Kane, Simon Cowell, <laughs> Louis Welsh, and having kids screaming at you, not knowing who you are, trying to get an autograph, up, yeah, it was unbelievable, mm. unbelievable. So you've experienced a red carpet then? Yeah, oh, that's ticked. I was signing autographs. There's on a, a box ticked. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on in my life, right? <laughs> I, I felt bad because they, they clearly had no idea who I was and they were like, oh, maybe he's famous. And I was like, you have yeah. no idea. I'm just going to sign this and mm. I feel good about myself. <laughs> and you're gonna... Do you put Ben West and then underneath put mental health campaign or would you just I say? Put, I put my name and then I put our hashtag. Oh, right. 
Yeah. So at least then, in three years' time, when they find a book and they go, oh, Simon Cow signed this. Who's that? Yeah. And they go, yeah. So I thought I'd leave a little. What is your hashtag, by the way? Oh, we've got so many now. Um, we've got <laughs> hashtag walk to talk yeah. for the walk. We've got hashtag save our students mm-hmm. for the save our students petition. We've got... No, that is it. That, okay, so is there's that not it? that many. There's mm. two. Right. <laughs> is Pink Army a hashtag? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm it not should a, be. I should be so much better at this. Hashtag the Pink Army. Hashtag the Pink Army. Mm. Mm. Have we got any others on here? Just giving. Oh, that was so cool. Outstanding commitment. Oh, yeah, honestly, I mean, <laughs> it's so the list goes all on. of these events are like yeah. amazing events as well. They're mm. great fun, mm. and you get you bring your mates as well. You get guests, yeah, and you just piss up, really. Yeah, but well, you know, I suppose that's where it's great, isn't it? Because actually, even though you are very humble and a very like it's not just me you are actually going with the people that have helped you that yes. are really close with you aren't you and I try and take as many of them yeah like and yeah. like you say I know you and I've I've heard you do this a lot you use we a lot never sort of me mm. or I mm. you know what I mean so and I think that's amazing that you do that you know what I mean but um yeah. and it's great that you even just think that you know it's so humbling that you don't want to take all yeah the well I think I've put 20 quid into the just into the fundraiser <laughs> I've signed it three times for my three different emails and that's mm. all we'd have mm. 20 quid and three signatures <laughs> that's that's what I can do yeah that's what I put on the table yeah the rest of the people they've got the work mm. add a few more noughts on the end of that now yeah right. exactly <sighs> I want to cut to okay. you trending on Twitter the other oh, day. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> With your own hashtag. Yeah. Um, ben West. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, or anybody that's listening from another country, there was a debate between Boris Johnson, the Conservative uh, candidate, and Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour candidate. And it was, was it questions... Audience questions. Were no, you in the so audience? it was a pre-selected panel. Of right. I didn't watch it because I'm so over it all. I just mm, thought I, I need know, a which break. Is why from I wanted to do that Brexit question. But... Yeah, you basically put in the very, very last question mm. of the debate, didn't yes. you? <laughs> I did. Tell everybody what your question was, Ben. It's my question. <laughs> the two, arguably, two most influential people in our country was what Christmas present they'd buy each other for for Christmas this mm. year. Was fun. It was just brilliant. I mm. I got given my little question on my card that we'd written down. So did you? It was it your question though. Yes. So yes. I initially submitted a question about mental health funding. Right. And then ICP phoned me. We had a conversation, and they were like, I think after a few phone calls, we had a lot of phone calls trying mm. to make sure I wasn't going to stage a protest if I came. <laughs> um, Storm the stage. Yeah, I know. Yeah. After a while, they said we're going to. We were thinking about giving you the closing question. And we'd like to take a step away from politics. And then we kind of came up with that question, mm. which was fantastic. And I thought, yes. And I was sitting there throughout the whole debate. And it, for anyone that's watched the debate, it was Brexit, 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 yeah. NHS, Brexit. And I was sitting there going, I cannot wait. <laughs> oh, what I hold in my hands. Yeah. And then the camera came on. And I was like, right. And I almost cracked up, actually. Did I almost you? lost it just for us. I was like, I can't believe I'm about to say so this. So where were you? So it was mad. So we had like you were up in Liverpool. No, so this was filmed in Manchester. Right. So I drove over mm. uh, and did that. But in inside, it was like this audience around the outside, and then we had this little box for all the people asking questions. Mm. And you come in, you're sitting down, you're like, "This is weird." And then what was it? Eight million people through the lens. They mm. said. Mm. 
Madness. But then, yes, we did get trending on Twitter. You trended on Twitter. And funnily enough, again, which I thought was weird, there was some backlash, wasn't there, as well, against uh, the question. A little. But, you know, yeah. that's, how, that's social media, it's social I guess. Media. Uh, it was yeah. funny. I remember we were, we were driving back from the event, actually. I had my mate in the passenger seat reading all the all the tweets, and it was so funny. Like that Guardian woman that, that did the meme. Mm. Uh, and I think a lot of people didn't like the fact that I was the only young person that was asked a question, and mm. I asked... What was not a political question? Some, I, I, I read as well. Said, somebody said that you'd wasted a question. You wasted the opportunity for the young people's vote question. Whatever. Which, what about all the other questions where it just kept going on about Brexit, Brexit. all the time? It was I a know. Bit like, Sorry, it needed to. It yeah, needed to switch up. Which is why I couldn't wait to ask it. But yeah. I think I could have asked a question about the young people's vote, and I think we would have got a mundane answer that yeah, no totally. one really cared about. Yeah. But instead, hey, I'll get some publicity. We'll get trending. We'll get people. I mean, the petition's gone up. We've got more media attention. Sky News was a lot of this. Yeah. It all just happens. Yeah. And, like, it's the butterfly effect. Like, it mm. just all yeah. follows. So, yeah. Yeah. We used it. We yeah. used the opportunity. Amazing. How do you feel that you're dealing with, I guess, and I've got this in inverted commas on my notes. Okay. Newfound fame. <laughs> Newfound fame. Because um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Because as I mentioned before, you've said that you feel like you're this imposter syndrome. Yeah. And before the walk happened, which yeah. was what last year, September, you went away for yeah. a month, didn't you? Just yeah. before the walk. Yeah. Where did you go? Nepal. Right. Mm. And was that just to escape from everything? No, that was already planned. So that no. was planned before everything happened. Yeah. But I was going. And I was just went for it. Mm. Follow through. I had we got everything planned beforehand. I left my team to it. I was like, "This is what you've got to do." I trust you guys to mm. to get this and do it professionally, and it happened. Yeah. Um, but no Nepal, which is by the way, no nothing against Nepal. It was the worst time of year to go to Nepal. Right. <laughs> okay. Why is that? Because for a few reasons. One of them, I am shit scared of spiders. Right. <laughs> and I didn't realize how big. Some spiders could get. Right. Until I walked into our dorm on the mm. first day. Three of us in this in this room. All the beds are like matches on the floor. Oh. I offered I, I, <laughs> oh. offer to take the bags in. Everyone's back. I chuck them on the bed, close the door. And it's the size of my hand, this thing on oh. the wall. <gasps> so I'm up there. I'm screaming on the bed. <laughs> the other two come in and shut the door. And it's gone there. Oh. oh. <laughs> It's horrendous. And then there's landslides all over the place, mm. which at one point we had to get out of a bus and run because the whole cliff was collapsing. Right. And the other thing, oh, we're, we're trekking. And trekking is tiring, especially in the pool because it's up and down, up mm. and down. And there's leeches everywhere because it's wet and it's, right. it's rainy season, so all the leeches come out. And you can see them and they're all on the little plants doing a little wiggle thing, trying mm. to get onto you. And I remember being so low mentally drained exhausted mm. so tired from walking and all these leeches just climbing up your leg <laughs> and you could just feel all over your legs and feet just mm. little sharp nips and then nothing and you just knew that was one yeah and you get home at the end take your top off actually i wore a white t-shirt and the whole of like my abdomen just down here mm. was covered in blood and it was just this was so draining. So lovely place, Nepal. Yeah. <laughs> but go in there summer. Yeah. Go in there yeah. summer. Was but it there winter? So that was rainy season. Rainy season. Rainy season. Yeah. Was amazing, mate. Mm. And it was great, I think, for escaping. Like I said before about this, like when you get the videos, it zooms out on the universe. Yeah. When you're standing looking at a mountain mm. or a mountain range that are 
seventeen thousand feet yeah. high. Yeah, you kind of go what? <laughs> My problems <laughs> are the size of this pe- pebble yeah. compared to compared to that mountain. So you know, like it does put everything in perspective. So yeah. I thought it was really useful for that. But mm. yeah, it was nasty. Yeah. And the spiders are everywhere. Self-dunked in a pool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that tour. I'm not that scared of spiders, though, I have to say. Oh, I've got a big one tattooed oh, on me. So, um, it, oh, God. Which people are always a bit like, why have you got that? Yeah. Anyway, it's another story. <laughs> another time, another podcast. <laughs> yeah. So how are you, do you feel like you're dealing with the fact that it's not... You fame's the wrong word. It is it's, the wrong word. I don't like that word, actually. And But I guess just this idea that suddenly... Got people attention. know who you are and the, you're getting the attention. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? On the one hand, like, that's going to sound so... Because I, I don't think that it's so well known. Like, obviously, you get recognised as well, which is mm. weird. Mm. And on one hand, you're like, yes, mm. that's so cool. And it does, it makes you feel really good. But on the other hand, it's really nice to see that we're working, you know, mm. and this is working. Because you never know. Until, until that happens, you're not like, ooh, are we reaching people? Do people know about what's going on? Mm. And a follow on Instagram, what's that really? It's not a real person. Mm. But having someone actually on the tube come up to you and be like, oh, you're Ben. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really nice and rewarding to see that you've actually... Yeah. So I look at it from that way rather than, mm. oh, I'm famous, which, yeah. I'm, which I'm absolutely not and a long way from. Mm. But no, it, is, it shows that we're actually reaching real people, which is really, really nice. Yeah, that's great. Especially when people come up to you with their stories as well. Yeah. Uh, do you find people? A lot of people tell you their stories <gasps> now. So much, yeah. So much, yeah. which I find fantastic. In that it's great that people are sharing, mm. but it's also there's a huge amount. Mm. And when someone shares a story, it's difficult to do it concisely as well, which is fine. Yeah, and it's long, long messages that are very emotional mm. a lot of the time, and mm. there it's relentless. Mm. Um, and that's not saying that I don't. I think it's absolutely great people want to message me that and feel like they're comfortable they can. must be hard though, isn't it? Because you, don't want to, you can't take on the responsibility of other people's absolutely problems. Absolutely not. And I've learned that. At the same time. Yeah. And I don't, I would never want to pretend like I'm professional or could yeah. give any advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so all I ever say is, you know, type text shouts, take 5258, go talk to your GP, talk to your mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And, just and I think that's so important. Them off in the because right so many people, which very well-meaning, will offer help to people, mm. which can be so detrimental to the people getting the help and actually to the people giving that help. Because if it goes mm. wrong, yeah, well, that's catastrophic for the person yeah. that's, that's felt like they've had an involvement. So, yeah, I think it's a fine line. But I've managed to find the balance, I think, where I can go, where I can help but actually not get too involved. Yeah. Um, but it's lovely receiving these messages. But the mm. messages are relentless. Yeah. So I've got two last questions for you before we go on to the rapid fire thing. Okay, wow. One of them is, how are you? How am I? I am unbelievably stressed. It's <laughs> not even, no word of a lie. I've yeah. got four deadlines for uh-huh. uni this week. I'm working 7am to 9pm every day this week up to Wednesday. I've got interviews Thursday. Mm. I've got an event Thursday evening. All the deadlines are Thursday and Friday. So I've got to, at some point, do six hours of uni work. Mm. So stressed. Mm. Well, that never appears like I am. But oh, I am. uni giving you leeway with this a bit because of what's this happening? This is where I um, do dirt on the uni. No, absolutely not. Right. Um, to the point where I, when all this ITV debate kicked off, mm. 
on my phone was ringing and ringing and ringing and mm. ringing and I was phoning someone I was on the phone and someone else would try and phone in and which is obviously great but there's no way in that mindset you're buzzing with adrenaline because it's mm. everything's happening so quickly you can't sit down and and focus on work and yeah. so I emailed my lecturer and I was like I've got a really unique situation this mm. happens I can't focus I'm not going to be able to make the deadline and that was, well, that was um, Wednesday afternoon. Mm. I haven't got a response from her. Clearly missed a deadline because I was mm. in no place to it. And I won't get a response. I don't, I don't imagine that mm. I will. And it's difficult because on one hand, the uni and the support, because I've been working very closely to the support service at the uni, they are fantastic mm. at trying to help. And they are doing a fantastic job at helping student support. Mm. But there are massive holes. Yeah. That, I mean, stuff like this, they haven't really been mega supportive. Mm. Stepping out of my shoes for a second, if I was a uni, you'd, surely you'd see someone like me, mm. and that's not meant to sound cocky, and go, let's put this guy on the podium mm. and represent the uni. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And really support him through this, because this is something that would A, give them so much good mm. exposure mm. Um, and B, really be able to help, you know, yeah. me and them, I think so, but no, they haven't been. Right. But it's really important that you look after yourself as well, isn't it, in yes. all of this? Absolutely. Because you, if you yeah. burn out, <laughs> have had. you know what I mean? Then yeah. you're not good to do yeah. anything really, are you? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. And... Like this week is and knowing you as well, I have that concern for you. Yeah, yeah, and obviously this week is going to be so stressful, Mm -hmm. and I know going into this week that I am going to be very stressed. Yeah, but I also like I'm. I've heard all the stories. I've heard all of these therapy techniques. I've heard Mm -hmm. heard it all, and I do have that toolbox Mm -hmm. where when I get back to my hotel room this week, I'll be able to relax. Yeah, actually constructively relax as well mm. and then when I get back to uni I'm giving myself a day off I'm going to take that time out mm. you know because it's important we can't wait for ourselves to get ill to mm. look after ourselves you have to actually mm. maintain that wellness even yeah. if you know you're going to be so stressed yeah. and I know that I'm going to be incredibly stressed and not yeah. show any of it because yeah. that's what I do mm. But underneath, it's like one of those, what are the ducks? Is it a duck analogy? Mm. Yeah. Ducks paddling underneath. It's gliding along the water, but underneath it's, yeah. But underneath, there's mm. a million and one things to do. Yeah. And you can do one at a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I do have ways of coping, so mm. that's, that should be okay. Good. Glad to hear that. Thank you. And what's next? What's next? What's going on? This is the big, <laughs> this is the big thing. We have huge plans. Yeah. Absolutely mega plans that we want to create. And we are creating at the moment the skeleton for the largest ever mental health awareness and fundraising a campaign within schools mm. in history ever. Which, <laughs> as it comes back to what I just said, it's on paper seems absolutely fantastic. Yeah. In reality, I spend I'm spending a lot of time drawing up proposals. We've just got a research document that we're putting out to schools. We've got all this stuff. I think I'd, we spoke about this before, and it's like. I'd love to do another walk. I mm. really would, because that's the origin of this all starting. Mm. But we put months and months and months of work into planning that walk, mm. which, look, it catapulted us into what we've got now, but it was so much work. And I remember saying, I had this conversation with our team, and I was like, you know, 
Would, should we do another walk and reach maybe a thousand people? Mm. Or do we try and rethink an event, rethink the campaign and take it somewhere else that would more efficiently use our, our work? Because without revealing too much, my plan is once we get the skeleton sorted out, it should get to a point where I'm only overseeing yeah, and putting small inputs in. But also leading the, the largest mental health campaign in mm. secondary schools ever. That's that's what we're aiming for. And obviously, you know, when we're looking at figures, which is nothing's totally concluded yet, but we're aiming to reach 2,500 secondary schools in the UK, mm. um, which equals 1.3 million students, aiming to raise £1.5 million. Pounds. Mm. And so we're talking to a number of people, a number of companies, a number of very influential companies mm. that are going to help us do that, hopefully. And they're all having internal conversations at the moment mm. about partnerships. But it's all looking very positive. Good. Yeah. But there is a huge amount of work. Mm. And it's a, I'm very lucky that I enjoy being busy. Yeah. And I'm quite good at handling my time. Mm. So, you know, although this week is difficult, like I said, and I've got deadlines and all that, mm. usually I'm quite good at going, right, let's do a proposal now for blank. Yeah. And then I'll do my math assignment, then mm. I'll do this. I mean, if we can make this stick, that's going to be incredible. We can reach so many people with mm. real positive information that, yeah. would, that would really help people. And mm. I think, you know, we could put month's work of, worth of work getting on a thousand people on, onto a walk, but actually, you know, we could do an equal amount of work and get yeah. 1.3 million students. Yeah. Involved. Which is sort of, it's a lot bigger, really, isn't it? You know, we're aiming to try and reach terms of the, the outreach to a lot more yeah. people. Mm. Um, and maybe it's stepping away from the origin, but it's stepping foot. Like, it's the next mm. level, really. Yeah. That's how I see it. Mm. Which is a major jump. If you think 450 people to 1.3, it's quite a major jump. But hey, we're ambitious, we like it. Why not? But also, <laughs> like, coming back to the awards things, you meet, I mean, you're basically getting a room and you're filling it with the most in- inspirational mm. people in the country and the world in yeah. terms of Diana Award. You sit there and you talk to these people and they're raising so much money. They're getting so many people involved. They're going with these radical ideas. Mm. And that's what came... I came away and I went, you know what I've learned from, from these events is if you dream it mm. and you're ambitious, and but you, you research the hell out of it yeah. and you make sure that you have a plan, people listen and it works. And there's there is... Obviously, you've got to start small, mm. but there's there's not... There's, a difference between starting small and starting without ambition. Yeah. You can start small and still have the ambition to yeah. to go out and reach millions, and that's what what we're trying to do. But mm. fingers crossed, it should be in the next few weeks from now that we yeah. things will either go up or they'll go down, mm. um, and hopefully the former. But we'll and twenty twenty is looking good, isn't it? That so. is the twenty twenty project. Yeah. So for anybody that wants to <laughs> sort of follow you guys mm. and also be involved yes i just want to make sure that we get the right things across to people Absolutely. so there's the website isn't the benwest.org.uk and if anybody wants to add their name to the petition, yes, that's still on. That is absolutely still going. We're, we're encouraging people to sign. So that is yeah. on change.org. You mm-hmm. can search for Save Our Students, mm-hmm. and it will be on there. Great. And is there anything else anyone needs to know? Um, for... My Instagram. Oh Woo! yes. Which, by the way, is. Quite a bit of fun as well. Your Insta stories make me laugh. Really, I'm glad because <laughs> it's like you just—it's like you just chat. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was some. So I met someone a year ago, and before then, all my Instagram stories were kind of 
call to action. Blah, blah, blah. And then she went, Ben, I've just been chatting to you on the phone. You should really just start to do chatty Instagram stories mm. and just like do mundane things because this is really entertaining. Yeah. I just went, blech. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was hungover once. I just did one. And I got so many messages being like, this is hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll keep it going. But yeah, Instagram. Mm. I am Ben West. I am Ben West. I am Ben West. Yes. It's like a little introduction before I've Mm. even met you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. Do you know what's great about it though, Ben, as well, Mm. is that people get to know you as well. Yes. A little bit. Absolutely. And you know that whilst you obviously are doing all the things that you're doing, you have your life in general and you're actually a very positive person as well. Well, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. So yeah. go and give us a follow on there. Yeah, and, then, and get a um, signature on that petition. Get a motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Listen, let's go into the rapid fire. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm these, excited for these. Get ready for this. Do you want to bite your croissant before you I will go? have a bite of my croissant. <laughs> give us a second. Oh, it's terrific. <laughs> right, you ready? Yeah. What would be your dream job? Presenter. Okay. Uh, do you have a guilty pleasure? Abba. <gasps> Shut up. Mm. Really? Yeah. Favourite Abba song then? Uh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> okay. Who would you like to play you in a film of your life so far? Oh, that's a difficult question. Let's go Tom Hiddleston. Okay. That'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you get a bit older, because he's getting on a bit now. He is, actually. Sorry, Tom, maybe you're not like, getting on a bit. Like, but, but, but yeah. Young Tom Hiddleston. Young Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. He's a good actor. Okay. Oh, who's that guy that does... He was in Game of... Not Game of Thrones. Katniss Everdeen in... Oh, why has this escaped my head? My mind's gone blank. This is what quickfire does to me. He's massive into like anti-bullying and, and mental health. Oh, stuff. God. He'd be the mean. one. Yes. He'd be the one. Will Poulter. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes, he'd be yes. great. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I so agree Will with Poulter. that one. Will Poulter. If you're listening, Will. Go on. Got a job for you. <laughs> if you could be invisible for the day, where would you go and what would you do? Or what would you like to do if you were invisible? Um, I think I'd go... I feel like the cabinet room in 10 Downing Street could be quite interesting. Partly because they didn't let me go in. And that felt restrictive. I was like... Right. Mm. You know when someone tells you you can't do something? And you're yeah. Like, yeah, mm. you're going to do that. Sit through one of their meetings. Otherwise... Yeah. Karaoke song of choice. Macklemore Can't Hold Us was probably my best bet. Okay. Do you have a favourite film? Lion. Oh, is that mm. the one? Yes. The one about the Indian boy. The Indian boy, yeah. Love that. That is amazing. Got me. Who? I haven't seen it in a while. Who did you last kiss? It's you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was my friend's course, mate. Right, okay. Yeah. Which actress or celebrity do you have the hots for? Amelia Clark. Oh. Although, oh, there's too many, isn't there? Cara Delevingne, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's loads. The Queen. The Queen. We love the Queen. Yeah. Do you have the hops for the Queen? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> what is Who it? doesn't it? Gilf. Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird, what a weird room of people that would be. Cara Delevingne, right. Amelia Clark and the Queen. <laughs> yeah. Meat, veggie or vegan? Meat. Okay. What's your favourite food? Oh, Chinese in front of the TV. Right. Morning or night person? No. No. Last song you listened to? Lewis Capaldi's new song. Which is? Before, it's called. before You Go. 
something. Oh, but right. Suicide actually yeah. is actually very, very good. Okay. Are you a good dancer? No. <laughs> <laughs> you answer that really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I think I am, though, when I'm drunk. What's better, certificates or experience? Experience. Black, grey or colour? Colour. One item you couldn't live without right now? My phone. <laughs> <laughs> Your life is pretty hectic right now with TV interviews, etc. When was the last time you did anything spontaneous for Ben? Spontaneous for Ben. Is it bad? There's so much of a delay. <laughs> no. Um, actually, no, I went suddenly and drove into the um, into North Wales, into the hills in North Wales the other day and just went out for a walk in North mm. Wales. So on I think that's own. quite a good one. Yeah, yeah, just for some headspace. Oh, nice. It was nice. Yeah. I like doing things on my own. Yeah. Go on holiday on your own. I'd really, I'd really heavily advise it. Really? Yeah. I'm always it. put off by that because you think... Well, yeah, because you think alone. sad, lonely fucker on your own somewhere. <laughs> Especially restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> I've always had that thing, imagine. Yeah. No, I, do you know what? And I only did it recently, about, yeah. I say recently, three years ago, for the first time right. in my life, I went to Miami for a week on my own. Oh, right. And I had the best time. Really? And do you know what I loved? I turned my phone off, pretty much. No one could get a hold of me. I didn't have to tell anybody what I was doing or where I was going. Right. I didn't have to do something that somebody else wanted to right, do right, if right. I didn't want to do it because you feel like you're away with them and, yeah, da, 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 da. Yeah. and also I stayed in a hotel and everyone was so nice because I was on my own oh of course yeah <laughs> I was that poor guy yeah, yeah. they did they started, they're, yeah. but they, they, they really look after you yeah yeah I bet because they okay. you know, like, oh, how come you're on your own yeah. anyway just a little bit of, a, I will. Bit bit of advice well there we go that's my next spontaneous yeah. trip <laughs> <laughs> you went to gay pride how was that for you overwhelming <laughs> <laughs> I got a, a lot of numbers. <laughs> Not the, the numbers the, you particularly no, wanted. They weren't, they weren't from the, the right gender. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what would you say is your best feature or personality trait? Dedication. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm passionate about. Right. I know you love a good quote. Give the listeners your best Ben West quote. My favourite quote um, is this, this poem. I'm not entirely sure who wrote it, but it mm-hmm. goes, If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win but think you can't, it's almost certain you won't. Life's battles don't always go the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later the man who wins is the man who thinks he can. And I think that's so, mm. that's been something that's so, like, in in touch for me, I think. Mm. That's, Resonates with yeah, you a lot. By no means am I the best at this. Mm. But you can really, like the 2020 campaign, you can reach yeah. those numbers. You can do a successful thing if you believe you can. Mm. I think that sums it up for me that quote yeah brilliant do you know what mine is go on and it's a quote from I can't bloody remember who it is now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the quote is the quote is the best way to predict your future is to create it mm, that's a nice one I like there that there are so many I love doing quotes one of my jobs when I was working um, for, as an intern in the summer was collating a, a list of quotes mm. which is oh, such yeah. a good job I felt so inspired after it <laughs> <laughs> Last question, and I'm asking you this because you and I have talked about this before, because mm-hmm. um, you were like, Neil, help me find a girlfriend. Yes. Are you still single? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm still in need of help. Right. <laughs> All answers on a postcard or to yeah. I am Ben West Instagram oh, DM. Dear. There you go. I'm going to have some more of my cross off. We're, fi- we're finished. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> oh my God, he's just completely devoured the croissant. <laughs> If I can't get a girlfriend, I get myself a nice patisserie. Exactly. Get a, get a girlfriend who can bake. Oh. Mm. There you go. Beautiful. That's what we're looking for. Send your auditions in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot.
Thanks for listening to In Bed with Neil Moody with my guest, Ben West. To support Ben's campaign, you can go to www.benwest.org.uk and to sign the petition, you can go to www.change.org forward slash p forward slash save our students. To donate to the Sam West Foundation, go to www.samwestfoundation.org and you can follow Ben on Instagram where his account is at I am Ben West. If you want to get in bed with me again and another of my guests, then you can subscribe to my podcast on all the regular platforms to ensure you don't miss an episode. There are other episodes, including all of series one already available to listen to straight away. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.